Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Take the Black Live, the one and only show on the internet where myself, Dan Stelke of WinnersComing.net and Daniel Rowan, hey, Daniel Rowan, of WinnersComing.net, talk about all things sci-fi, fantasy, space lasers, robots, swords, dragons, horses, and such things as this. Daniel, uh, who's your friend? This is a bear. I don't know their name. We're not that good of a friend, but they're going to help me co-host today because I'm at the library and, uh, you know, how are you, Dan? How are all of you out there? Not bad at all. And hello, Martha. Hello, Andrew. Thanks for joining us. Andrew can't watch live right now. I'm having to say hi. Hey, Andrew. Whenever you want to watch, I'm hey, with Andrew. us. Because as you know, we're on podcast. We're we're a live show. Um, we're we're able to so many places. So you know, like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. And without further ado, let's launch into some of the fantastic scintillating exciting news we have on tap to talk about today hello pablo hello nicole good to see everybody in the in, in, uh, in the room well get some good stuff daniel we're kind of riding high right now we got the wheel of time is firing on all cylinders over on amazon prime video and we have an exclusive clip to share with you lucky people a little bit later but first i figured we would start yes. as we often do in the seven kingdoms in westeros in the land to the west of essos uh where they are currently filming i think the <laughs> last week of the second season of house of the dragon it's almost over and just in time because the writer's strike just ended so now they can do reshoots and stuff which is great but um we're still hearing casting news and we just heard from oh dear it wasn't redonian intelligence we uh the rumor going around town around the internet is that we finally have an actor who is playing uh, Cregan Stark, who was a really important character in House of the Dragon, the young Lord of Winterfell at the time of uh, this story. And word is that he will be played by 22-year-old British actor Tom Taylor, seen here in black and white, looking like a Lannister. Have any thoughts about that, Dana Roman? Hmm. Uh, Dana Roman may have frozen. Um, basically... So we heard that this Tom Taylor guy. Oh, I think I just caught up <laughs> from House of the Dragons. Um, <laughs> did you hear the bit about? Did you hear the bit about uh, yes. Tom Taylor being cast as Cregan Stark in House of the Dragons season two? Yes, I can. Can you hear me? Anywho, how about you just reset, Daniel, and I'll talk for a bit. Sounds good. Basically, everybody out there, we got Tom Taylor as Cregan Stark, really important character, the Lord of Winterfell, the time of House of the Dragon. Everyone likes the Starks. We all want to meet them. They're cold. They're uh, severe. They have dark hair. And we are going to meet him in season two when I think Jaceris Valerian goes up there to Winterfell to try and win him over to his mom or near his side. And uh, minor spoiler alert for Fire and Blood, but he does. And they become buddies. And it's good to finally put a face because it's an important character, but we haven't seen any indication of who's going to play him. And it's good to finally have a face. He looks like a Lannister in this picture, but you know, uh, wigs do wonders. 
And as Philip Plus, you're right. He actually has a pretty good resume for someone so young. He was in The Dark Tower, like I said, Philip, with Matthew McConaughey and Idris Elba, the 2017 adaptation of the Stephen King book, The Dark Tower, which I think like eight people saw total. But Tom Taylor was the main guy. And he would have been like, I mean, like uh, like 15 or so when that movie was filmed. So he's got in this at a young age. He was also, for all the Last Kingdom stands in the audience, he was also young kid Uhtred of Bebemba in the very first episode of The Last Kingdom on Netflix. So he's got um, some miles on him, this Tom Taylor general, this Tom Taylor guy. It's cool. We won't know more until we actually see, you know, him in costume on set, given lines. But as far as Starks of the prior generation go, uh, hopefully he'll be a worthy addition to the Hall of Fame that now includes, you know, Rob and Arya and Sansa and Bran and maybe John a little bit, half and half, if you're into that kind of thing. Uh, so, yeah, Tom Taylor, wish him the best. If Daniel were here right now, I bet he would agree thoroughly with me and say that anybody who disagrees with me is a heretic. But, of course, you're free to disagree with me. If you have any opinions on Tom Taylor, House of the Dragon, or any of this, feel free to hit us up. That's about all we have for Westeros this week. Pretty light, but um, it's it, it's good to have that big role filled. Uh, a lot, rather a lot has happened in the past week in terms of the news in Hollywood in general. And I'd like to shift, if I could, just for a minute into Wick Does Business, a new daily segment where we offer our opinions on all things industry because there's some cool stuff going on i'm sure we all heard that the hollywood writers strike after god how many months was it june july august september after like four months wrapped up um the hollywood writers signed a deal with the big hollywood studios they got pretty much everything they wanted but before we talk about that did you guys hear that george R. R. martin author of song of and fire and fire and blood is suing OpenAI, the makers of ChatGPT, the folks on the vanguard of this AI revolution, uh, alongside big authors like John Grisham and some other authors. The authors have gotten together and they have sued OpenAI, alleging mass copyright infringement because of these generative AI programs like ChatGPT, where you can type in ChatGPT, write me a sequel, like write the winds of winter, write a version of the winds of winter. And because it knows everything that's happened in the first five songs and firebooks so well, it can do that. And what George R. R. Martin and these other authors are now saying is you obviously crawled my books online. They're accusing me of getting them from like some black market book depository online. And you did that without my permission, did that without paying me. So you, ChatGPT, OpenAI, are in violation of copyright law, and we want uh, justice. We want to be redressed, want to be uh, remunerated. We want um, remedies. And there's been a lot of talk ever since the AI boom really caught hold early this year about 
what are the limits of this exactly? Uh, what can it do? What can't it do? What should it be allowed to do? And this case filed by George R. R. Martin and other authors like John Grisham and also others, I don't know their names, so I'm just going to say those two, um, is a good a safe bet. I mean, there are others though. There's plenty. I'm sorry I don't know your name. There are a lot. Yes. And there's like 15. So now they're going to try to force courts to draw some lines. Daniel, what do you think about this? Why are the authors, why are they so dis- uh, bigoted against robots? Well, they're not. Uh, they're bigoted against they companies stealing their... Well, it's important to note, this is not robots. This is not an actual artificial intelligence. This is basically a program that eats words and then spits them out in a different order. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not, you know, it's not like iRobot is is off writing books somewhere. This is really just a kind of a similar tool to, you know, Grammarly, autocorrect, those types of tools. Um, the the main issue with this, so the Authors Guild, which represents writers like George R. R. Martin, a whole bunch, they, everyone's got a guild. Authors really, the Authors Guild is not really as widespread of a thing as something like the WGA, but sure. they're putting their foot down for this. And it's important. So things like this are important because a related story, so this is different than the chat GPC thing, but it is causing okay. a lot of waves this week is that I think the Atlantic, they published a study they had done which revealed the 183,000 books that Meta had used to train their AI. And you can search, you can search what books they used. And it's like, you know, 40 Sanderson books, all of the Wheel of Time, a ton of George R. R. Martin. It's, It's an enormous list. And the issue is that these companies didn't get permission to yeah. to use these books that's really at the heart of it it's not ai is bad this or that it's companies making a grab for intellectual property that doesn't belong to them in order mm. to train a tool that they are going to then use for profit and that is the issue uh you know if they had sought out consent from publishers we wouldn't be having this conversation the right. whole point is they took it without any sort of consent um so yeah, we're this is the tip of the iceberg with this. I think we're going to be hearing a lot more about this soon, especially with stuff like the WGA, uh, mm-hmm. you know, winning AI protections in their strike. Which I don't know if we have talked about that. Not yet. really. We're going to do it. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants—they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? 
Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I mean, I have two quick questions for you. First of all, okay. Meta uses AI in, in in Facebook. What do they use? And B, the much more serious question is, if we don't give the generative AI programs everything we've ever written, how will it learn how to be our benevolent leader? <laughs> I mean, he's stunned speechless, folks. That's is not what's happening, but that's what I choose to think. I imagine that this is going to be one of those days where uh, we have some technical difficulties. But, you know, that's one of the things that just makes this so um, charming. I'll, I'll, I'll answer for him. Um, I don't know that Meta was using AI. I'd never heard of that. I'm sure they are in some way. And the second question was a troll question. And I wish I could have seen this response. I, it was going to be hilarious. Uh, but, yeah, let's talk about the other AI stuff, because in addition to uh, George R. R. Martin well, and fellow. <laughs> oh, I think I. Back with us? No. Um, in addition to um, George R. R. Martin and other authors trying to get courts to draw lines around AI, the WGA, the Writers Guild, all the writers in Hollywood, part of the reason they were able to end their strike is because studios caved and gave them protections against AI, basically. Um, I am not going to be able to kind of uh, pop off the, all the details from the top of my head, but basically the agreement between the Hollywood writers and the Hollywood studios is that uh, AI cannot rewrite their work. Uh, And again, I'm sorry, everyone, for the technical difficulties. It happens. I blame blame the bear. Are are you okay? I'm okay. I still have all my limbs in life. uh, So the bear, while it might be gnawing on cables, is not getting me too bad. Yeah. So what what were you saying about the the Writers Guild AI? Um, they won protections for this. And obviously you can't rattle off everything because it's like 90 pages of, of deal that they got. Basically, AI can't uh, rewrite their material. AI can't be credited more or less as like a writer. A writer can use AI when writing a script, but they can't be compelled to. And that's yes. just one of the many things they won. They kind of won everything, Daniel. Like they really they did. Won, they won AI protections. They won pay increases, obviously, uh, like flat pay as well as increased residuals. So now if a Netflix show does really well, um, they'll get a, a bonus, basically. They won yeah. more like health plan and pension plan um, contributions. Yes, they, they did requirements on like the length of employment that they had to be employed for a certain amount of time that isn't, you know, just not crazy short. Uh, 
on the size of writers' rooms. So they have to hire a certain number of writers, which is the only thing I kind of have a bit of a problem with, frankly. Um, basically, Hollywood caved completely. These writers, yes, these pencil-wristed, glasses-wearing dweebs, like, managed to get these big studios to give them everything. How do they do that? Well, because the studios can't make anything without them. Um, you know, what, what are they going to do? It's kind of like, you know, when the headlines started going around about the, the AMPTP, which is the studios, made their best and last and final offer. The joke was, well, oh, was it? what are you going to do if it, they don't accept it? You're not just going to not make shows and movies anymore. Um, so really, the actors and the writers being on strike hold they held all the cards in this situation. And that's not to say there weren't compromises. So the room size one is interesting. Originally, the WGA was asking for larger room sizes. So they kind of met in the middle. They were originally saying six writers. Then they changed it to three writer producers, which writer producers gives them a little more rights about, I believe, going to set and things like that and more involvement. Um, So that's a big thing. A lot of these wins are kind of oriented around safeguarding screenwriting as a career. So like the mini rooms, which are something we heard a lot about from people like George R. R. Martin and Neil Gaiman. Basically, yeah, basically what that was, was studios like Netflix would have writers come in for like a weekend or (laughs) a week and break an entire season of television. And then they would lay them off. Or they would fire them. They didn't even lay them off. They would just say, you were a gig worker for a week. Now, we're if we go through with it, we'll hire different people and maybe we'll make a show. So they kind of, they won. They they did away with that. So now writers, when they're in pre-green light rooms, they spanked them on that. They're guaranteed 10 weeks for a pre-green light room. So no more, come break a show in a weekend. And if, if the show goes to order... If it gets greenlit, then the studio can't fire those writers from the pre-green light room and get different ones. They are guaranteed to be able to come over, is my understanding, into mm-hmm. the the actual writing room, which then lasts X amount of other weeks. So it's a lot of stuff. Another huge one I saw a lot of people talking about last night is the fact that so writing teams, so like, say like you have a writing part, like David Benioff and Dan Benioff Weiss. And Weiss. Yeah. Writing teams, it used to be that they would get, they would get contributions to their health and pension like split. So as ah. if the team was one person and mm-hmm. now they have made it so that the team, each individual gets health and pension contributions, which is like. I think that makes an, a lot of sense. Yeah. Right. Like, oh, you are two it's humans. It's not like, even though Benny Off and Dan Weiss like live in bunk beds in the same dormitory together. Yeah. If, and if studios the had their way, if mm-hmm. studios had their way, they'd keep them in a bunk bed and uh, they'd just be chained to the desk. But yeah, so you're right. They did. I was shocked because there were things that I didn't even realize, not that they were asking for, but there were wins on there that hadn't even really been talked about, like that health yeah. insurance one. Um, so yeah, the writers really came through, I think, you know, for their guilds. Complete triumph. Yeah. Complete, complete triumph. Um, uh, another one is that staff writers will get a script writing fee when they write episodes. So basically a script fee is a very large fee that you get when you turn in a script. 
and sure. studios had to work around for that where when they hired them on as staff writers, they weren't technically getting script fees. They were getting whatever salary or something like that, but it was much less than they would have made if they were getting the script fee. So they're kind mm-hmm. of closing all these loopholes for sure. how good. studios have been cutting financial corners. Um, I think it's a lot of good stuff. Well, I'm curious to see how it shakes out for SAG-AFTRA in, in the coming the weeks. are still on strike to answer yeah. um, Nicole's yes. question. The actors are still on strike. Um, there are some nuances I wouldn't mind hitting up with you. Like Philip has a question yeah. that I've wondered about. So Philip sure. Plus, which is, is, is now $9.99 if you act now through the end of October. Um, That's right. He, he, he asks, uh, what about shows where the showrunner writes every episode like Downton Abbey? Are they required to have additional writers? And you might know this because what I, do. I heard was that there are like minimum staffing requirements for rooms except in the case of if one person writes every episode. So yeah. I think a person like Downton Abbey, Julian Fellows, I believe writes that could write everything. My question is though, is there, is there enough between like one and six? Like what if it is like a team, like a David Benioff and Dan Weiss, like write every episode or something like, would that, would that count as one person writing or would they have to go up to six? Like if something in between this, like Game of well, Thrones had like four people writing stuff uh, game of thrones had a a lot more people than that i think throughout in the writer's room i mean throughout the entire run but that's not what they're talking about like they mean like on a season of tv you got to have like six or at least i I have not read the full 94 page splash document You, you may have um but like in most seasons of game of thrones after the first couple it was david benioff dan weiss who wrote as a team dave hill and brian cogman and that was it so I don't know if that would have like passed muster under this agreement. Link 18 times if you are uh, in another time hole. I'm going to guess you're in another time hole. So in the absence of Daniel being able to weigh in on this, I'm going to say it's a huge concern. I am right to be afraid of it. We should all be afraid. Um, the strike is worthless. We have to reverse everything. Hollywood studios should crush writers under the steel boot of capitalism. And Daniel, if you agree, say nothing. Um, But yeah, one thing I heard about how the writers were able to get this giant deal when they wouldn't have otherwise is because the actors were on strike at the same time. Had the writers only gone on strike, maybe the studios could have waited them out, could have... I don't know, use some other techniques to try and get them to default on their rent and their mortgages and not had to give up quite as much. But when the actors and the writers are in strike and absolutely nothing can happen except for very limited circumstances, they really had no choice but to just get bent over a barrel and, you know, accept what happens in their life. Yeah, Martha, I agree. That library needs something. Um they do great <laughs> when this yeah. is a crazy no, that's episode. Fair. This yeah. What are you laughing at? When I'm you laughing at, you at Martha. I'm laughing at Martha. I, I've heard all of it. No, I've heard a bit. But I'm laughing at Martha. Yes, they need aluminum foil on their Wi-Fi. I don't know, Martha. I don't know what gives. Uh but yeah. Okay, quick. What's the deal with the staffing requirements? Do, do you know? Like, could you have yes. like three writers in a room if that's all you need? Because I think if that's all you need, it's all you should have. I really do think that. It's up to a certain amount of episodes. So that, that is the whole the whole thing is that studios were pressuring writers' rooms 
to hire less writers. So that is why they wanted You know what? This might have to remain a mystery, everybody. Maybe I should just go solo this episode. <laughs> okay. Um, Daniel is currently turned. Okay, everybody. Hi, I'm Dan Selke, the host of Take a Black Live. I'm also Daniel Roman, the other host of Take a Black Live. We talk about fantasy swords, dragon horses, all that good stuff. And I'm the only host. I've always been the only host. And um, if you remember a guy named Daniel Roman who had a ponytail, glasses, and worked at a library, uh, it was false. It was a it was a false memory. It never happened. I'm here, and I'm enough. I'm enough. I'm going to have to be. So, the strike. I feel like we talked about it enough. Um, thank you for rolling with us today. It's 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 been an interesting show. Obviously, thanks for putting up with us, Daniel. I will say one thing about Daniel before we move on. Um, as I'm fond of saying, whenever this happened, he lives basically at the back of a very dense cave system um, in uh, a, a mountain range. And he has what's called a reverse well for water. He doesn't have electricity. And sometimes it's hard to get on the online, but he does his best. And thanks, Daniel. And we'll, and we'll see him next week. Okay. Let's move on from all of this. Thank you all for your well wishes. I agree. The bear has taken over. Oh God. I hope that bear didn't do anything terrible to him. Um, I have a treat for you. Um, someone mentioned the Wheel of Time. I think it was. Uh, <laughs> so I'll talk about how, how good the Wheel of Time was this week. It was an excellent episode. We're looking forward to the next one. I feel like the Wheel of Time has really caught on uh, this season in a way it hasn't last season. I don't know how many of you out there have read uh, the Wheel of Time books by Robert Jordan, but I'm in the middle of them. The fans seem to be liking this season. The people who haven't read the books seem to be liking this season. I'm enjoying this season. And we have an exclusive new clip from this Friday's new episode of Wheel of Time that we'd like to play for you. Uh, is that something that we can do in the immediate future? Producer Richard, who I know is handling 30,000 things at once right now fantasy fan is a fan of it as is patrick okay here we go this is matt cawthon who played by donald finn who like all of us i think wakes up in a strange environment uh next to a strange pot of tea and decides what's the worst that could happen if i drink it uh can we roll the tape there he goes. I mean, that's what I would do, right? In a well-apportioned room. Beautiful. Just drink it, see what happens. Donald Finn, by the way, is the second actor to play Matt Cawthon. First was Barney Harris. And I don't want to be mean. I don't want to be mean. But I feel like Donald Finn is emoting more as Matt Cawthon. I feel like I'm more invested and more interested when I see him act than I was Barney Harris, good an actor as he is. I think Donald Finn is really proving himself a good addition to this cast. You drink some strange tea, you have some strange visions. It's happened to all of us. Now, if Daniel were here, he'd be able to tell you the particulars of the book series this is all referencing. 
I'm less sure. He's seen a vision of his uh, shrewish, uh, cruel, ashamed mother. Which, again, you drink some LSDT, you see your familiars that you can't stand. It happens. Going for some full horror imagery. I saw this episode in advance, I've seen it, and I don't know what he's seen, but I found it very creepy. I found Donaldson's acting very strong, especially when he's kind of freaking out and smiling in a rictus grimace. I think he's very good. Turns into people. This bit, this bit got me. Ah, on my face. Creepy. <laughs> Reopen will return next week. I like that that clip goes fairly hardcore on, I don't know, the disturbing aspects of this. The Wheel of Time has been really good so far. It's, it, it's this series that has like a wide pendulum of, 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 it's kind of like more optimistic than a Game of Thrones, say, in terms of the characters are a bit more archetypal and a bit more like pure good versus pure evil. They can also get pretty deep in the weeds creepy. And I think Donald Finn is a good actor you want on your side if you want to get deep in the weeds creepy. The bit where he's like grimacing with his uh, rictus smile taking up like two thirds of his face very creepy. I agree, Daniel Roman. Glad, glad to see you. Hope you're doing well. Um, disturbing. Very disturbing. And that episode airs um, Friday. Although I believe if you're in the U.S., it drops a little early uh, in the evening. It's just been a great season so far. This show is going places. And I, for one, I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes. Is it a watch? <laughs> I'm doing better than Matt, Daniel says. I'm glad. Um, the bear didn't hurt you, did it? I believe Nicole um, was concerned the bear took over, and I was a little concerned, too. This this never happened before that bear got there. Just saying. Uh, you know, without a, a, a co-host, I think we can move a little quicker through this episode. And that's what I mean to say. But if you got anything uh, you want to say about the Wheel of Time, feel free to sound off. I'd love to, I'd love to talk to you guys. But let's go on to... Yeah, I agree, Fancy Fan. Rafi Judkins... Rafe, sorry, Rafe Judkins, knocking out of the park this season. In a way that is pleasing so many more people than season one did, which is just impressive. Um, everyone out there, what are you watching when you're not watching Take the Black Live every Wednesday at uh, 2 p.m. Central on the Women's Community Channel and Facebook Channel? Uh, any other TV shows you're watching, movies you've seen, books you're reading? I know that I'm watching The Wheel of Time, loving it. I'm watching um, Ahsoka on Disney Plus, and I'm finding that fine. Um, I feel like where the Wheel of Time has caught on with a lot of people and made them excited in a big way, Ahsoka is a little less catching. Philip, too, plus, you're watching it. Are, are, are you enjoying Ahsoka, or are you more like me, where I'm, I'm, I'm liking it, but I'm not being incredibly moved by it? Pablo, I've heard Fa Pablo uh, Prompero is saying that he's watching Foundation Season 2, which apparently is amazing. That one has gone almost completely under the radar, which kind of sucks. 
if it's as amazing as folks are saying, because I've heard from more than one person that it's really ramped up and gotten great. And it's too bad if that show is kind of making a very muted footfall in uh, the discourse, because almost nobody talks about it. It's not bad, raves Daniel Roman of Chicago Sentinel. Good. Um, I haven't been able to fit it in. One thing, there are so many shows. Daniel's not here, but I wanted to bring up that uh, one thing that I've heard people say about the aftermath of the strike, the writer's strike, is that if they're going to pay writers so much more and actors eventually pay them more once they're going to deal with them, is that we could have fewer shows in general um, because there won't be enough money to go around. Now, I think that's sort of uh, ignoring the problem of exorbitant CEO pay, but I could kind of see maybe an advantage to a few fewer shows on TV. I can't watch all of these things. Like, th there could be some things that fall by the wayside. Although, I'm guessing a series like Foundation might not have gotten made if they have to be more conservative with their money. And it seems like you guys are enjoying it. Like, fantasy fans like it. Daniel likes it. Valerie likes it. And Philip is enjoying Ahsoka more than he expected, especially after Obi-Wan, uh, which I did not watch. I'm liking it too, Philip, but I'm just... Yeah, I'm far short of loving it. App yes, definition is renewed. Apple TV Plus has deep pockets. When you're Apple, you can pay for anything. Uh, as Nicole says, Loki on the way. I think that's in uh, next week or the week after it. Loki is definitely going up. I'll look forward to that. And uh, Fantasy Fan is enjoying Ahsoka. I'm glad. I'm also watching The Winter King and MGM Plus, but we don't need to talk about that. It's um, an adaptation of books I like, but it's weak. I don't know. Daniel is saying that he thinks Foundation will stick around. I never hear about it. I never hear about anybody watching us Foundation, except for you guys right now, which I'm happy about. But I hear, I hear so little buzz about that show, and it looks so expensive. I have a hard time believing that there's enough support to sustain it, because I'm not into math, says Daniel, oh, because you're so into math. I like math. I can do long division if I have a calculator, which I do because we all do because we have phones in our pockets. Um, and the first season was kind of lame. But yeah, plenty of plenty to go around. For all the strike stuff, there's no shortage of TV. Um, yeah, The Walking Dead is on. The Daryl Dixon Show people are enjoying that. We got The Boys coming out, the spinoff. Um, later this week, we got Daniel's got about the Castlevania show. Tons to watch. And now the writer strike is back on, they can start making tons more. And maybe if they have to pay writers and actors more, they'll make a little, a few less shows and we can all, I don't know, talk to our families for two two nights a week or something. Is that where the boy math meme came from? Okay. I agree with you, Nicole. I wasn't super duper into foundation either. Damn, you guys are commenting off the hook. And as Nicole says, Kim Kardashian, surprisingly good American Horror Story. I have not watched American Horror Story for years, but perhaps I'll I'll, I'll cross the, I'll cross the line for 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 Kim K because you know she's like she's she's a goddess on her. I think we, I think we'd all agree on that. Uh, as Patrick says, the difference between the culture reach of Netflix and Disney for us versus the other streamers is significant, which is true. But I mean, like uh, 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 on Apple TV Plus, Ted Lasso is not more than Apple TV Plus. You heard about that show? You heard about it? You heard about Ted Lasso on Apple TV Plus? You don't hear about Foundation. And I think that's a problem. But if you have money like them, maybe not as much of a problem as it could be otherwise. Uh, 
Yeah, I agree, Daniel Roman, longtime viewer, first time commenter. Um, I agree that uh, if this leads to a bit more judicious use of funds, it could be a good thing. All right. Thanks for the comments, guys. You guys are really bringing it. In the absence of co-hosts who will return next week, I appreciate you guys stepping up and giving me things to, to talk about. I love talking to you guys. Um, let's move on and talk through a new edition of the Wick News Lightning Round to end out this, uh, I'm going to call it special episode of Take the Black. In the Wick News Lightning Round, we go through stories that we couldn't hit during the main body of the show and give our, which I mean my, 20-second opinions. And Valerie, I really liked One Piece too, so I'm all about it. Um, this week, I believe producer Richard will be feeding me these uh, prompts, and I will give you my thoughts on every single one of them. That is indeed correct. Richard, Hello, I am here, and hopefully everyone can see me ah. too. Uh, let's let's do this. Sophie Turner, Sansa Stark, hit it. Sues Joe uh-huh. Jonas to allow their kids to return uh-huh. to England. What do you think about that? Celebrity uh, romance gone wrong. Sophie Turner, noted actor. Joe Jonas, big singer with the Jonas Brothers. Married. They have two kids. They break up. Messy legal drama where Sophie Turner wants the kids to be in England. He wants them to be in America. She sues him to force the return of their kids. It's a movie waiting to happen. Sophie Turner can play herself. Uh, Nick Jonas can play Joe Jonas, and it's going to happen 2026. All right. All right. Great job. Uh, I'll give you a win. All right. Next question. Jack Gleason, our favorite Game of Thrones actor, uh-huh. uh, has a mustache. Let me get show that picture as Dodgy Mo in the new season of Sex Education on Netflix. What do you think about that mustache, Dan? I think it reads um, you're on a watch list. And I think that was the intention. Uh, Jack Gleason played Joff Baratheon in Game of Thrones, hated forever, uh, just legendarily skeevy character is now playing a skeevy character named Dodgy Mo. What? That's, yeah, you're wrong. That was not enough. Keep going. That was a mistake. Um, he looks great. He looks really creepy, which I think is the, is the intent. Good for him. Getting work. Looking like a, a, a sex offender. Go on, Jack Cleason. Get your get get your life. You win that one because I the okay. buzzer was just left on. So sorry about that, folks. We'll get that right on the next one, which is Squid Game, the challenge where the winner could get 4.56 right. million in prize money. That is a, that's a lot of moolah. Premieres on Netflix on November 22nd. Are you going to join that contest, Dan? I, I would so do it. Are you kidding? Because you don't. Okay, so Squid the show itself is weird because Squid Game is about how it's exploiting these poor people in order to um, just entertain the rich people. But if you don't die and you win Pokemon, of course I would play red light, green light and like the, make little uh, 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 cut out things. If I could win five million dollars, of course. So the show is weird, but I would totally do it. Would nope. you do it? Dan, that was it. You, you, you messed up. You went too long and I just Squid Gamed you. So we're on to the next question there. Uh, you, you tried your best. Okay, okay, All right. Okay. <clears throat> Robert Kirkman, creator of such comics as The Walking Dead, uh, wants Invincible uh-huh. to run f- for seven to eight seasons. That sounds a little bit like his last show. Am I right? It, it does. Robert Kirkman does not write short stories. Robert, the Walking Dead uh, ran for hundreds of, of of comics. Invincible ran for just tons and tons and tons of chapters. There's enough there. And I really like the first season of that show. Really fun, really fleet, really kind of uh, sincere and special at the same time. I'd love to watch more of this new season coming this year. And I'm down for eight seasons. It's a, it's a great anime superhero show. I recommend you watch it. Yeah. Kirkman. I honestly would want more than eight seasons. But let's do this. The new Percy Jackson book came out. It's called 
Chalice of the Gods. Yeah, uh, Rick Riordan is, is, is a noted YA author. He kind of came of age uh, after the Harry Potter boom of Percy Jackson series, became very, very popular, kind of a Harry Potter-like story about a kid who finds like a god and goes to god camp and gets powers and all this crap. Uh, Disney Plus series coming, new book coming, Percy Jackson shared universe. They're trying to make it happen. It could happen. The passion is there. The fans are there. Is the quality there? We'll see very soon when it comes on Disney Plus. Oh, it's exciting. Okay, what's all next? All right, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis wants to play Dr. Kurahawa, Kuraha on One Piece, and so does the showrunner. Know. Okay, so I was hoping Dan Aroma would be around for this one, because I have not watched One Piece. Dan Roman has. But uh, I liked the Netflix show. I liked it quite a bit. I thought it was really fun and different, and it's enjoyable and goofy in a not cringy way. And Jamie Lee Curtis, Oscar winner Jamie Lee Curtis, Halloween Jamie Lee Curtis, True Lies. Yeah, she wants to be on a silly Netflix show about mutant pirates i say more power to her get more eyes on that i'd love to see it make it happen go i want to see it as well jamie lee is an icon on to the next question we've got uh star wars fans in uproar after disney renames inappropriate cantina music yikes another one i wrote kind of for daniel because i don't know what i'm talking about here so okay apparently the the like the the cantina song like that 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 apparently is called in canon jizz music. I'm not trying to be vulgar. That's what it's called. And uh, in a recent book, they have renamed to like Jots music because Disney thought maybe we shouldn't call it jizz music. Um, and I feel like that is uh, taking away some of the cute little adult Easter eggs in there. So boo. Okay. Finally, what's the last one? All right, last one. I am a huge fan of this as a Toxic Avenger fan, but here we go. Peter Dinklage dons a toxic. Uh, yeah, all right, let's do it. Because I haven't seen it. All right, read Richard, it read it. Peter Dinklage dons a tutu in the Toxic Avenger remake, also starring um, uh, uh, Frodo, Elijah Wood, and Kevin Bacon. What do you think? I'm very excited for this. I, I usually don't get excited for sequels, but I mean, one, you got Peter Dinklage. Two, you've got, uh, I, I forget the director, but he's, he's done amazing work. Uh, and I honestly just can't wait to see a hyper violent movie about a toxic, radiated Peter Dinklage with a mop fighting villains. Uh, Elijah Wood's going to be dressed up like a penguin slash a riffraff from a Rocky Horror. And you know what? I wasn't even counting during this whole bit here. So I don't even know if we hit 20 seconds. So I'm just going to hit that buzzer right now. Check out Toxic Avenger. Perfect. I love it. Look at the poster back there. Toxic Avenger number four. Let's go, Toxie. No yeah. I love this news, everyone. And then who's the, then who's the cutout behind you? The that's, guy. That's Kyle McLaughlin. Kyle McLaughlin. Okay, cool. Yes. Really? Okay, fine. Well, I'll, we'll talk about that later. Um, thanks so much, everybody, for joining us on this very special episode. Thank you, Richard, for, 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 for being Daniel for a minute. Love that. This is so much fun. You know, we here at WIC are nothing if not adaptable and... Um, we love flying by the seat of our pants, and we have to because, again, Daniel, I think, lives in an underwater tube beneath the Pacific. Um, we do this every week. Sometimes um, we do it in a way where uh, both of us are around for the entire time. Sometimes we don't. Either way, we all have fun. So join us every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Standard Time, 3 p.m., on the East Coast, 1 p.m. in the mountains, uh, noon on the West Coast, and 5 p.m. in Melbourne, where Julie uh, Davies lives. Uh, we're also going podcast form wherever podcasts are available, be it Google Play, iTunes, anywhere else. Thanks so much. Thanks for your comments. Give us a like, give us a subscribe. This is a lot of fun. 
and uh, we'll see you very soon. Thanks so much, and goodbye. This podcast is brought to you by Fansighted. Join our community of over 300 sites from sports to pop culture and everything in between. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.